0: The stage. The stage. All right, you're joining us for another episode of Behind the Stage. This is Joey D. We're talking to the people behind the stage or out of the spotlight that makes it that make it happen for most of us, especially for musicians and independent bands and artists. Uh, today, we're talking to a good friend of mine. Uh, I have worked with her for so many years that I forgot to count how many years. Uh, but uh, welcome to Behind the Stage, uh, Miss Annie Alejo, or Miss Anne, as I refer to. Uh, thank you for guesting on the show. And uh, tell us what you do right now, Anne. Although we're going to go through we'll go to history, ng naging trabaho mo and whatnot. But right now, what keeps you busy? What are you currently busy with?
1: Um, Hello to the listeners. um, Right now, I actually work as a communications and PR manager of a, well, historic hotel in Metro Manila. And it doesn't have a lot to do with music at the moment. But we do have like events every now and then. And I still get to watch some shows that I like typically what I like. So
0: but yeah well right now it's it <coughs> doesn't seem like there's a lot of music activities Pero uh for those of you who don't know uh correct mo and kung mali ako no you started with sony was it sony nga ba? uh was that your first job because uh, from my from what i remember it was sony it was pulp and then it was uh was it burn or chemical better uh, I, I better let you take over <laughs> pero uh tell us about your uh your
1: career journey. Holy crap, career journey. Well, I actually I started in Octo Arts. That was in sometime in the 90s. Wow, so old. But um I started as a writer in Octo Arts. It's this local record label. Of course, um it's run by the Ilakads. You know naman uh, see Mr. Ricky Ilahad is is one of the luminaries now of the local recording industry. Uh, I started there as a writer. Sobrang, like my salary was like 4,000 bucks. My first job right out of college. And I was so excited about it because when I found out that they were distributing Sony Music here in so the Philippines at that time, and that was the time that, uh, Pearl Jam was coming in and all these um, mga grunge acts. So I figured, why not? You know, maybe I, I should try and apply for that. So I got the job just a few years. Maybe like, two years and then uh, I think I I moved to, I I applied for a job when Sony actually uh, got out of um, OctoArts. They established their own distribution and and, an office here. So I figured I didn't want to lose that. So I tried to look for it and then I applied for a job. Thankfully, I got it. I started as a, I guess, one of the, like, me. oh, sorry, uh, a marketing assistant. It wasn't even my forte, so, but it was music, so I figured, you know, it's a good thing. And then over the years, I was promoted as a media manager to Sony Music, so that's when that was the time that um, we started signing in, signing up. Sorry, uh, Wolfgang, Greyhound, I think, the Police, and all these like our South Border. We broke them here, tapos sa Philippines. Sorry, in Manila first, and then elsewhere. And and then eventually I moved to I applied for a job in Pulp as a managing editor. Pulp was about maybe a year or so old at that time. And it has always been my dream to work for a magazine, especially a music one. I thought I was gonna work for Rolling Stones actually uh <laughs> yun yung dream was to maybe I should I could write for Rolling Stone, but of course never happened. So yung local version along. Then eventually, uh, you know, uh, I went to we founded Chemical, and then eventually I went to ABS, and eventually we founded another magazine called Fudge, pop culture, shop music, movies, lifestyle, and yon. um, Went through there, and then I got a job as an editor in a newspaper, and then again PR officer, again PR manager, kong um Renata Center, of course, the Renata Coliseum. City sorry, at this point. And then, a few years after, here, I moved to where I am now.
0: It's it's interesting, the the well, I guess my first question, I know I asked you this before, but what was your course you in college? Because it's so interesting na from EMI, the, you were so immersed in music. You were a fan first and foremost. But I remember your course had nothing to do with music, no?
1: Not music per se, like, particularly, I graduated communication arts from La Salle. Ooh, animal. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it had nothing to do with music except that when I was, you know, growing up in this household with, I have cousins and made some music and that was a time uh I think I was growing up on things like Kiss. I didn't even know, like, my, my cousins would listen to it. So, I essentially, I grew up in with all this music around me. And then, you know, I started becoming a fan of, that no time it was U2, and then Pearl Jam came in, things like that. So my my mindset really was music. And then I liked, and I loved writing. So I figured, I thought I was going to have like this rock journalist career
0: <laughs> that
1: I really wanted. But, you know.
0: Uh, do you ever say in time? Because I, I know for a time it happened to me. Because you start off almost always as a fan. You just like the music, you like the bands, you like the artists. And then, of course, before when there was no internet, and then bigla kang na-immersed into the music industry or whatever else you want to call it, and you see how things are done, it sort of makes you a bit jaded towards towards music, towards uh, how things are done. You, you see the business side of it. Nangyari din ba sa Like, uh, nagkaroon ka ba ng, I don't know what to call it, like, a crisis of conscience, especially during those times, uh, the only way to actually, like, make it was through a label. Uh, and and parang for a few years, labels and even music magazines were sort of seen as the enemy or some sort. Did it get to you somehow? Did you get to experiences?
1: Um... To be honest, when I was in Sony, not not so much in... in well, yeah, it started in OctoArts. Because when, when I was there, of course, I was part of the marketing group. But I was actually PR writer. So that's when I started realizing that, you know, the things you read in some of the magazines about artists are PR work, like a PR write-up. So you you realize yeah. after a while, you, you open newspapers and then it's the same sort of write-up that comes out and then i figured oh my god yun pala to. and then of course octo arts kasi we didn't really work with you know like who we consider super cool at that time so we were working with major sort of celebrity singers you and you you kind of see how the industry worked no like um when we would go for press conferences let's say for an like an artist like sunshine Coos, right? i'm like okay <laughs> it's not the type of music i listen to but you know i mean they're kind of nice people and but the kind of uh, media sometimes it comes into these uh, sort of gatherings it, like they they come in some of them are legit maybe legit media and some are like they're just there or they want to come in because it's a celebrity or something like that and then there's also a part of it and i don't know if <laughs> I should really want to be talking about it. But um, there are people that you kind of give special preferences to. You know what I mean? Like you kind of slip something into the folders and things like that. So mm-hmm. that was the time that like, oh my God, is this is how it works. So you kind of start looking at it like, a. so this is business, no? this whole thing. I mean, when you start coming into this, parang, um, this type of job, especially coming from the mindset of a fan, all you wanted to do was like support this artist. All you want you wanted to write about the reason I I actually like applied for OctoArts because I looked at the roster and I knew there was Alice in Chains, you've got Pearl Jam at that time, that things that people are listening to. So all I wanted to do is like write about them or maybe just, you know, promote them. I don't know. And then you see all these things. And then you you kind of hear from radio, uh, like from how A and R A and R at that time, as far as I knew. Yeah, no, no, sorry, not ANR. But there's another department that deals with the radio people. They they go to radio stations, they give the samplers, we call them. Before it was cassette samplers, like you had all these songs that you needed to promote, and they they put it in all in, in a cassette and then with labels, and then it's it became CDs after a while. But they go to radio stations, they ask the um the, the station manager to play it and then you kind of also give them special whatever privileges that not privileges I mean you give them something else uh, along with that thing that you're giving them diba? Right? so you kind of get a little jaded about the industry itself the only reason that you kind of stay and that, ako, personally the, the reason I stayed is you know these are like you meet these artists who talagang are passionate about what they do and they really want to do it and then you just want to help them because they're being abused at that point, it, at that time when I started in the industry the, the artists don't own the rights to their songs or they kind of get duped into signing a contract so the royalties don't go to them and things like that so you kind of learn about that along the way and it's like, wow man, so this, this is how it works, but still you you become friends with them and then you go to their shows and you, you realize, man, these are these are like real people, real artists who want to put something out there. And sometimes you just want to help out, right? And it really pays, it doesn't pay very well at that time. So you kind of stay because you like it or you kind of stay because you, you're right. The music or whoever, it shows you. So you're there. Some Some people feel like that.
0: Uh, the, the amazing thing, like, uh, a lot of people have to remember is, you know, this was, again, during a time, uh, you know, um, new, there was such a high premium on music. Na, it, it's not like now that music is a lifestyle, you know, you buy the new phone, it comes with music or whatever. You no, know, and you really had to love it. You, you really had to be a fan. And like you said, and everyone, it was just really about money. and and. And, you know the the rock stars back then were not just the artists oh. pero yung, the people working behind it, eh, parang you had your you had your your label people na um like like really they were king right? Eh, so but there were also great moments i remember na I na pagkwento natso uh, the, you were you were among the you were in Sony Music when Michael Jackson came in, so that must have been a great experience. Uh, what are what are like the highlights you remember from from that point in time? Now uh, uh, working in, in with those labels like with BMI and so.
1: Okay, the Michael Jackson thing. Um, I was already working in Sony there, and I became I was a media manager at that point, and I heard that he's coming in, and then there was this whole issue 'cause he at that time the there was a case against him about this kid, you know, this whole this whole thing.
0: And
1: mm-hmm. sorry. And they were um trying to uh I don't know, boycott, but maybe not let him perform wherever. So there was uh Paranaque, I think said that they they were willing to uh have him perform in that area near where I don't know, I don't know what it's called then, but the, there used to be like just two towers there, then a reclaimed area, and they made it into an open air, um, of concert venue. <clears throat> the the funny part was, um I wasn't a fan of Michael then, or maybe you know I I knew about him, but I wasn't like this whole I know I knew his songs, ah eh, Michael Jackson okay, but it, it didn't hit me the gravity of who this person was coming in. So I was just doing my job. I I. Uh, I duplicated all the materials that were supposed to be given to media. We made this uh, whole press kit and all that. And because I was, uh, we were coordinating with them and the, the management and the security, okay. I was uh, tasked to parang get the list of all the interested media, photographers, uh, um, cameramen and i i was creating that list know so they were all going through me <laughs> and the funny part was um there was one one of these like big shot um television anchor or like a reporter babaisha and she, her her team really wanted to be in that um sh- they really wanted to shoot at the grounds and but you know michael jackson he has this whole like he flew in his entire security uh, apparently the israeli army or something so i was like okay um So we keep telling them we can only accredit people to come in and do the shoot and come out after three songs. You know, typical what they do now, right? You only get three songs and then you all are booted out of the venue so you don't shoot anymore. And then this woman, (laughs) she was really angry. She calls me to the office and she says, this is Gento. She says her name. Like, okay, what are you calling me for? And then she goes, my team really wants to shoot at the venue, at the ground. Ma'am, we cannot tell you not to shoot if you really want to shoot. But this is what we're doing: we're a crediting media, and we don't control the security. So you, if you can shoot, then fine. But if not, this Michael security is just gonna let you. know, it's gonna <clears throat> bring you out of the venue. I so, oh, okay, okay. But I wanna. I'm fine, fine. Go ahead, do it. Diba? I mean, but so if if they if they catch you and <laughs> they throw you they throw you out, it's not gonna be our fault. It's just like. Fine, parang nagalit, pa sa akin, So, wala, ang bala I never saw her though. I saw some of the the crew. <laughs> niya. Maybe, I'm not sure if it's her crew, but it's from the same station. And then what happened was, so we, of course, after the three songs, every accredited media, and I'm telling you, there were people from Japan, you know, Asian countries that came in just to cover the thing. So, after the three songs, we had to walk them out, literally, out of the venue, rode the van, and took them out of the. That area, but we we dropped them off dun sa parang, kalsada going out of... That's the area where Uniwide is now, di ba, yung papuntang Cavite. Mm. So okay. we took them out to the streets para they can come in because if they do, they'll have to walk back and it's kind of far. Mm. So anyway, ganun sila kahigpet. And then, um, so the media, some of them didn't want to leave. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But we had to go back inside. Nah. And then the next thing I know, I heard from someone at home na they were showing like a clip of Thriller live from the venue. What they did was from one of the two towers, they they knocked on, I don't know, they, they asked people who were siguro, residing in like one of the higher floors and asked them if they could shoot from their balconies and uh. they shot the entire, the, like part of that concert and they aired it live during the news. I'm like, oh my God, these people, it was really, and we didn't know, eh. we, we had no way of Go, but you know, I have to give props to their resilience because they did what they right? But um, I thought we were gonna get in trouble with Michael's agency, but I don't know if they uh they knew about it, so now they might. <laughs> As if no one listen sure. to this, but you know that that's those are the things that happen. Parang you don't even know anymore. Like, are you are you thankful that the are just there, or are you gonna be pissed off because they don't really follow the rules? And I get it, man. I mean. To break a story, why not?
0: Uh it, it's it's funny how how big of a nightmare it seemed <laughs> na yung yung na assign yung media talaga. And then after that you yourself you joined the magazine, you joined pulp magazine, that's where we met. And um what are your experiences uh with pulp? Because you were with pulp during the very first year, um, or close to the yeah, tama tama before the first year uh uh, happened, no, the the anniversary. And when Pulp came out, it was also such a big thing, I remember, because it was, you know, the uh, official publication for Power Records. And then it would host these crazy parties and then these even crazier covers for, I don't know, it really made waves. Everybody was talking about it. Was there a big adjustment there or were you more at home not because you came from music and music companies? Um, not really an adjustment. Essentially,
1: my adjustment was now I have to edit articles yeah. no, by, by people that, you know, submit them. But because you know, the mindset music, you, you, you kind of like music, it, you kind of just grow into that role. And honestly, I was surprised then because when, when I was at Sony, we were doing these newsletters that we give out to um, rec- uh, no, sorry, record bars. So if you buy something from Sony, you get that thing for free. It's super, super, you know, It's not even like a, it's not even like a legit, Underground, whatever, like rag or. talaga <laughs> It was like purely like marketing shit, and you know you kind of have some people write, and then you, and, and then you edit those things. So lang that's my sort of training through all this. But because I write, I guess I kind of got into you know I started sort of feeding my way around and, and knowing how to edit. But you know when when we were in pop. It was really new. The first thing that you you kind of the first thing that really greets you in pop is the shock value of meeting Vernon, <laughs> like the editor. Right? He was the editor in <laughs> he was the editor in chief at that time. And and um, he was like out of this world. Like he's not he's nothing like anybody I've met. I guess hindi kasi I don't really hang out with like musicians or these kinds of people. So to me, parang culture shock to si Vernon. In fact, the person that I replaced in that position. Sobrang na nahon shocked with Vernon. So in the, the type of magazine. But Tayo, like me, you, I guess, we read that kind of thing. So okay lang sa kan, eh. I mean I I was it was cool to me that, you know, we were doing all these crazy, oh my God, crazy photo shoots. We would rent we would rent costumes from Kamsuki. We would have Vernon has this thing about shooting midgets, remember? He wanted midgets in almost every shoot, and then he
0: midgets, <laughs> blood, naked women. <laughs> <right>?
1: Exactly, <laughs> that was the
0: formula. Uh.
1: Exactly, and to me, it was all like hilarious. I mean, I didn't take, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't thrown off by it. I guess because we read <clears throat> things like Rolling Stone, or maybe even worse, like all these rags. Like I know, de right? So to us, parang like, yeah, it's kind of cool, and and it was um, a little out of. Like when, when I tell people I work in pulp, they kind of go, "Really, you work in Pump? But I'm, you don't look like it or something. Maybe because I'm not a A. But um, if you see me, I I don't look like the typical like person that hangs out in you know I don't know maybe behind the scenes. But it was like hilarious that we had all these weird ideas. Vernon would always have these weird ideas. Remember when Lincoln Park was coming in and he wanted to do a photo shoot for the cover. And we didn't know what to do. And I guess there's only one person that they can shoot at that time. There was he was told that one person now maybe Shinoda or some shit. I don't know who.
0: Yeah. And I think it was Joe Han. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I remember he wanted Jollibee. He wanted I don't know. He wanted to he wanted to get Jollibee part of the shoot. And then he'll make like he'll lay it out like tiny Jollibees in. Una, he wanted, like, a checkered floor. I don't know if he'll remember this. Uh, like, checkered floors. <laughs> and then he'll put Jollibee, like, in in the like all the black areas. And then Jollibee would be doing, like, whatever dance or <laughs> whatever dance move. And then he'll just <laughs> do it a layout. And then whoever that person was, Yun Yun main co- on the cover. It's just, it so hilarious to me. Like, are you serious? And, of course, Jollibee didn't want to. I mean, I think... Ellen, the assistant then tried to reach out and I didn't think nobody thought they would agree I mean come on and then I remember <laughs> the late Francis M we had a shoot it was a nice shoot it was this re- really nice portrait and Vernon wanted it to be black and white like typical Rolling Stone just the face right and then yeah. he puts <laughs> he puts like all these um what do you call these things and on the cover of oh my god you're not to know terms but he would put like all the the the, the titles on the cover on his near, by his face. And then he got a call from the wife and he was she was really mad. Look, sorry, he got a call from Francis who was really mad that we put text on his face. On his face? It wasn't covered or anything, but it was like on his face. And then the wife and Vernon could hear um, Pia was like ragging behind Francis saying all these things. And it's like oh my God, she got mad about that or something. I mean, I understand, but come on. This is the crazy things that happened. But, you know, they were fine. After that, they were cool. Hindi naman not or anything like that. But it was one of those things that are really... And then I remember um, there was a shot about, like there was this meat, something about meat, like... He wanted to shoot meat and then with all this blood or something.
0: And oh, then, uh, the Jaya, the Jaya really? shot. The one in the butcher oh shop. God, yeah, yes. yeah. So much blood, so much meat. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then at some point, itchy worms, he wanted to put them, I think, on the cover and he wanted us to get worms. Right? Yeah. And then sec- the, the assistant tried to buy whatever and she bought, not maggots. Maggots. <laughs> yeah.
0: She bought
1: the wrong animal. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> that's so hilarious! I mean, but the funny thing is, your your creativity or Vernon's creativity, like it was all over the place. But it was it was great because no one's doing it, and he's the mm-hmm. only one that has the guts and has the balls enough to do it. And he doesn't really care. People say, "Oh my god, he's a madman!" Fuck it, I don't care. But he's the type. So I kind of had a, I enjoyed working there and. Sometimes you don't even feel like you're working. It's just you're there. You're trying. You, you sort of get sweat, sweat away with his all his like whirlwind of ideas. And then remember, he'd come in and with his really bad mood, he'd play Black Sabbath in the yeah. tiny <laughs> office. And then we were all like, we can't even work because he was so noisy. And then he would be like, Oh, I'm gonna write. And then he's just gonna play Black Sabbath all the time. And yeah. then it's like. Oh my God, Vernon, please write in your own room. Because <laughs> we can't work. Diba? It was so, it, the room was really tiny. So,
0: it, uh, I remember most of the time yung nang nagtatry tayong magsula. <laughs> because of course, we were writing a lot, eh. But once Vernon came inside the room, tapos suddenly, Hey, Annie, <laughs> I got an idea. Tapos parang, you know, titigil, every everyone would stop. Na. Everyone would like, not work because everyone was listening to what crazy <laughs> idea he had. what next? Ba? <laughs> that was really funny. Hey, Annie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Yung> mag- <laughs> I
1: thought that every time he would do that and then he says something like his crazy idea, and people are like all laughing. We were laughing. But in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I'm, how are we going to pull this off? Because he has this, all these crazy things that he wants to do. And I remember my first ever, I think, assignment from him was young. Priscilla Almeda, She was dressed in like an angel. And then he shot, mm. uh, what's the other, what's a band from, I think with Si
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Skid. Paco Aras Paco of the (laughs) Intro Voices new band. Because he had a
1: double cover and then he wanted it like an angel of the devil. But then, I think the thing that they put on their faces, it didn't look, it looked really weird. So it it didn't even look like they were coming from the ground. It was some sort of weird thing that they put all over their, I think their body Mm. and their faces. It's like, wow, this is so weird. And then the funny thing with Vernon was he has all these great ideas in his head. But in Execute, and it comes out really ugly. you just laugh it off, and you go, "Fuck uh, it, let's just publish it anyway." So that's <laughs> not, that's a great part about it, because you know, no, it can You can't get away with that with any other publication, to be honest. And I guess I think you and I—that's how you know we kind of grew into this publication business. Nah, you know, I don't. Want, I sort of nonconformist in a way. We we mm. we we. we I, I don't really like looking at, you know, like typical magazines and they all look the same and you have this like pretty lady on it. I kind of enjoy it if it's really like ridiculously weird because I think, <laughs> and I guess when, uh, you know, when people, every time I would tell people I, I used to work in pop and they they go, how'd you get along with Vernon? I mean, what? Everyone's an asshole. It's just a different degree. You're an asshole. I'm an asshole, but he's maybe like a giant asshole, but you know, everyone's an asshole. So, and he's funny. That's the best yeah. part about it. He's like an asshole, but he's just funny and he's not being mean about it. It's just him. So I think the reason why you and I and maybe some other guys there in the next day is because we kinda of have that we share that same type of humor, I guess. Or maybe mm. just we were just nuts. I don't know. And remember when he um remember he wanted us to attend the first ever SummerSlam?
0: <laughs> yeah, and no one, wanted, <laughs> no one to. <laughs> wanted
1: to go and then we all said we're not going and he stormed in the room and he just raised his voice and he was really mad like you're not going how come nobody's going blah 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 and then he storms out and then he bangs the door and like we were all like stunned like shit man i guess we should go so we all <laughs> go right and this is this was in pasig
0: but like weird yeah, it was the first one uh sports <laughs> some <Yeah. laughs>
1: some sports complex in Pasig, and then he had a partner who sort of screwed him up or something and sold the tickets but you know? it was supposed to be free for the tickets to us, like the the bleachers or whatever anyway, that's beside the point, but so when we got there and i was I was feeling sick at that time. I was not sick about the event, but I was like I had cold and stuff, so I came in. And he's there and Mom Gracie, the mother, the publisher, she saw me and she goes, Hey, you're here. And I go, yeah, I'm feeling sick. And then he goes, why are you here? And like, Vernon made me go. And then when Vernon saw us, like, I, and he goes, oh, you made it. See, this is why I wanted you guys to go. Because there were so many people, the first thing, first time ever. And he was like, this is why I wanted you to go. And then we looked at each other, I think, and I said, okay, can I go now? <laughs> because I was and all I wanted to do was rest I was like not feeling very well but at least we showed up but that was like you kind of have an inkling at that point face is gonna be big right
0: and I remember that was the night before Ed Satres when that happened I mean, practically <coughs> the show was ending and then the tanks were people were riding on the street <laughs>
1: Wow, I didn't even know. I didn't even remember that. <laughs> but do do you remember the first ever anniversary at the tenth in
0: at the forge, yeah. <laughs> the chaotic
1: one. remember he had this whole concept of getting like different types of celebrities and putting them all in one show from Martin yeah. Rivera to Chris Villongo. And then I remember seeing Martin. He was telling us the story. He saw Martin at the at backstage with some other people and then he greets them and martin that was like hanging on to someone like for dear life like he looks really deathly afraid because the crowd was really like this rock crowd and so he i don't know when he started singing but i'm weird that he was singing and this is the crowd right and then at that time it was the dawn yata was one of the biggest acts so they they bring the dawn in and everyone just surged up front like all they wanted to be near the stage. And then I remember Vernon was there and he was telling the story. He, he, he kind of just saw his mom come up the stage and she started saying, I need all guys to take two steps back or something like that. So, <laughs> so people are not going to be crowded up front. So parang... And then she led them into prayer. I think that's what Vernon was saying. And like, I didn't see all this because we were trying to give out free beer outside yeah, yeah. and we were at
0: the back and yeah. oh my god
1: the Dominum people and everyone's just like coming in just asking for free beer you know what we did we took out the the all the i think it was drums of beer we put them all backstage and people found out so they all rushed backstage looking for free beer you know we were just throwing like cans of beer at people just so they would leave <laughs> the the area alone and then what happened was one of the staff out the, like one of the drums near the parking area and the people just ran towards it and took beers and then they put them all in the cars. <laughs> but you know, it was really big at that time because the, the sponsor just gave out free beer, man. Where was I mean you, you don't see that kind of thing before, Dubai, right? I mean before that, it was so this was we knew at that time that it was gonna be wow, this is gonna be like
0: crazy every year. <laughs> aside from the really crazy events and parties i also remember every time a new issue came out there was a the launch there was a gig launch <laughs> and, uh, that's why there were so many photos in pulp uh, I don't, uh, of oh yeah last year's launch of yeah. the, uh, last issue's launch <laughs> uh, the new uh, there were so many pictures and parties and crazy but a lot of the, the the a lot of pulp's reputation also was built on the articles that were written because i remember during your time it was for me, as someone new or just reading pulp, uh, even before I came in, it was nice to read because the articles were, again, they weren't press releases. They were articles that were super honest, like articles that actually got people in trouble. And reviews, uh, the, uh, to speak about the album reviews, the album reviews were really no-nonsense. They were straight to the point. They were some of the most honest reviews. Uh, <coughs> did you also enjoy that like from a writer's from an editor's point of view, was that something you also wanted to do, like in a long time? Especially coming from somebody, coming from a job that uh, you were essentially writing press releases and media releases. I mean, looking back, uh, do you look fondly back on what how established as far as the writing went?
1: Um, you know what, that was one of the best things that I enjoyed about it because every now and then I you know I, I'd get the chance to write about an artist but I don't really write a lot because the, the managing, managing editor's job was to get all these articles edit it down get it laid out make sure that it's in time for Vernon to review and so it can get published you know, on time so but you know the uh, pop had like a really I think great pool of writers and because it's long format it's basically magazine type right? So magazine format so you you can write long. You have nice features, and because you have all these great writers, who um, the good thing about it was uh, even these writers are also like they love music, so they hmm. don't just write some ridiculous shit about anyone they ask. I mean, they're really insightful your know, articles because they like the music, and especially when when Vernon writes. I mean, Vernon, I think he loves tibayumang metal and all that, and then sometimes he'd write about something and even even his editor's note was really like it's funny it's really sometimes really funny and and and, but it's really insightful he's he's um he's a brilliant writer i guess and and um it's fun because you 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 get to you you know you don't read the kind of common stuff you read you read in i don't know i don't want to rag on newspapers no but because, because of, I guess it's space constraint then, so they don't really write wrong articles and they end up writing like, uh, they just, you know, very mababaw articles, diba right? But when you, you get to write about like 1,500 words to about 3,000 words, you, you kind of get the feel of it. And plus the way they write it is very, very American approach. Like, I'm not saying we're trying to imitate them, but... Even, even if you do read something like Rolling Stone, like a cover on, let's say, even a politician, the way they write is so rock and roll. parang are like the artist or the subject. And that's how, that's how pop, I think, was written. So even then, eventually, when I, when I started my own magazine, our own magazine with, with some of the partners and my bosses, right? um, we kind of we took that type of... We wanted reading to be fun again. I mean, sure, it's long, but we wanted to engage people that you know you. Cause my favorite, favorite thing to read, like let's say I I read this really um, amazing autobiography. Uh, sorry, not auto a biography of YouTube written by David Fricetta of Rolling Stone. It, the way it was written, like after reading that thing, I felt like I knew Bono personally. Ganan mm-hmm. kasi sila they write that way, and and I guess with an a format like. A, like a magazine you can you can delve into that and even now especially online you can write a long as you want I mean it's not a, space is not a problem and um, although people just didn't, don't want to read anymore I mean I guess they, they just I don't know maybe to them it's hard to, to read to. something long yeah <laughs> <laughs> but at that time I was super proud of what we were doing I mean it, it's not you know it doesn't change it's not like it's not rocket science. But to us and to mm-hmm. me, it changes worlds. It changes minds. It changes viewpoints. And it's music, man. I mean, music is really close to your heart. But there's this movie that says, you know, music chooses you. It lives in your car. It lives in your room and whatever. And I feel that. I mean, even when you you, re- you watch something like um, Almost Famous, I felt like I was that little kid. Although I didn't, you know, I didn't travel with any band to any state or whatever They because we didn't do that here, right? But knowing these people backstage, sometimes you kind of get to meet them. And you like, you know, eto, there's a story. No, it's not really a story. But you know when Eddie's her head came, became big and I was like, wow, oh my God, these guys are... You know, and then the song really just hits you and then you, it kind of lives in your head. And then like 10 years later, I finally meet Eddie Bandia for the first time. And then mm-hmm. he sits there and he's like, hi, And no airs about it. The, the, that meeting, it wasn't like a uh it wasn't like a media thing. I, I kind of met him and it's like, wow, man, I'm I'm like talking to Bandia in the flesh. Who knew after 10 years I'm gonna meet this dude? Same thing with Bamboo when I met him. I wrote him a piece in 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 what what's her in fudge we pitched the story to them and uh, we pitched a cover to them. <clears throat> Good thing was their sponsor for shoes at that time and they weren't super big yet was Pony. So Pony got them to agree to a cover. <laughs> we didn't even pay. <clears throat> and Pony just oh. gave them shoes. So my goal at that time, because I knew I was going to write the article because I was the editor, ed- editor-in-chief and I really liked the band. I liked Bamboo. And I was like, I'll listen to their music and all that. And then I started interviewing them. The first interview... They were kind of, you know, parang, They didn't know who I was. Nathan was my first, the first person that I interviewed in the band. So Nathan was, you know how Nathan is naman eh? parang he, he kind of jokes around and parang he was trying to feel you out. Um, and then, who's a the guitar player? <laughs> hi, I sorry. Aira, hi. Um, he was like, straightforward. But typical na, parang he would answer as if, you know, it's a typical parang press interview. Cause they didn't know who I was, and then Si Vic naman started telling us about where he, his background. And he started drumming when new mga drums na in his house, diba? Cause he really like he knew beats. I guess he hears it in his head, diba? And I was super I was super fan of his drumming. I like how he drums. And then I meet Bamboo. I was like, wow. My goal was to really impress these the hell out of these people. I don't know why, but it was the first like major band that I was gonna write cover story for so and then I wrote this, the thing and we gave them copies and then we saw them in an, a gig somewhere in QC because we were giving out magazines at that time and then Bamboo sees me and he was like he knew me I think he called me by name I'm not sure and he was really super happy about the article and that article was written sort of in the way that I remembered reading uh, like a, an article from Rolling Stone the way it was written ko and he was super happy about it. And after that, every time we would request for an interview, dina said, yung ah, I don't know who they are. They kind of, they, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know her. And then I think that we even worked together. Um, they, they, he called, well, we were in an interview, we were in a like, pictorial at one point, he was talking about me doing a, uh, their bio for a website, for their website. And I think I did one for them. And because that's, I think he gets, I guess he liked the way I wrote. So we, I did one for them. And I said, you know, you don't even have to pay me because I, I really, you know, I'm a fan of the band. So, but things like that, you know, and being in a magazine, like, or even, even after the the things, that the magazines that we put up, it really opens you up to all these things. And, and the beauty of it is you kind of feel like you're there and you can help them out. Maybe it's a new band. Maybe it's a band you don't like. I have a server, band I don't like, but I'm not going to tell you there. But, that ridiculous band is like, that was one of the worst interviews I've ever had. And I don't know. <laughs> it was bad. Which band? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <clears throat> should I? No, But really, I mean, they're nice guys. But the interview, and the guy was picking his nose during the interview. I'm like, Jesus, man. If you don't want to do this, you should have just said, I didn't, you know, if you didn't want to do this, you should have just told your, oh, no, no, I don't want to do an interview. But, you know, you don't do that. I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many. You have one hit, man. It's like, I, you're <laughs> not even here anymore. So, right? uh, so you, you kind of meet all these people. And it's interesting. It's really, it's really interesting.
0: Well, after the, the whole uh, music, the pulp experience, and then the, yeah, you had a publication of your own with partners, um, Let's fast forward. You you went to, you worked with Araneta, the Aranetas, a City. Uh, that's what they call it now, right? Or whatever they call it. <laughs> um, it was, you were working even more behind the scenes because basically you were working for the company. But it was uh, the nature of, uh, part of that company was, of course, the, the venues, the Araneta, the, the smart Araneta Coliseum, as they called it then. And uh, the newly opened Kia Theater. And you were doing all these initiatives, even outside of those venues, you were doing all these music initiatives for the Araneta City itself. Was that sort of nakstik na batalaga sa Was it, um, is it because you still had that love for music? Or because I remember there were all these activities that they didn't do before your time in Araneta City that. You were really pushing for and all. I mean, was that something that uh you sort of had like planned as soon as you started working for those guys?
1: I think partly yes, because remember before I got in, I was talking to you about it that I was looking into getting this job, and then you said Calde was working there, right? uh hmm. of Chico's side. Yeah, <laughs> Calde, Sorry, <laughs> and then Henry. <laughs> well, not anymore. Yeah, yeah I know. But <laughs> and then Henry of uh oh my god I keep forgetting oh Henrik
0: Pepper
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Shit. oh Henrik sorry but Henrik was there <laughs> and I figured oh my god if these guys are there then I'm gonna be fine I mean <laughs> cause uh, you know mm-hmm. it was the first like corporate setting job that I took and you, partly you're right when when I started it wasn't really just my plan but they had all these marketing activities that they wanted to do all over the city, the, the Araneta City. Araneta Center pasha. when I came in. And um, we always figured, you know, the thing that would bring people in would be music. And we knew that because we had the Coliseum. I mean, of all things. I mean, Coliseum has been there for how many years? That's, I think they're turning 70 this year, I think. Maybe, yeah. And, um, oh, and of course, every big act, that ever came to the Philippines first played there. Of course, that was the only big, like super giant venue that you had, you Nima. Know? And it goes way back. Panohon panang, even Jackson Five I think played there for some, like for something. And and wow. you know? and and they had the picture. That right? long ago. Yeah, they had this. They had this walk of uh, fame inside the Coliseum, going out into the whole over uh, center, you know? of the Coliseum, and we, they had like pictures of all these acts that perform there. Anyway, uh, w- um, I guess partly whenever there's an event or an activity, I would, we would always, like, talk about, you know, getting bands there because we knew that even them, like, uh, the people in our marketing department, these are young kids, no? like, some millennials and, you know, and very brilliant. they they the hard-working bunch of people. And we always talk about, you know, bringing artists. Our, our dream was to get something as big as to play there. But you know, pa, when when I was there, um before I came in, the biggest the biggest ever concert draw in the Coliseum was the farewell show of Kamikaze. Kazi. Bigger yeah. even than Sarah Heronimo At that time. And so you can imagine. Diba? And mm-hmm. then you know, eventually I'd i come to your to you to ask you for help to bring artists in. And you know, we kind of have this like tier one that we wanted to invite, but we didn't have enough money and we didn't have enough time, so we'd go with you know good expert but you know kind of budget that we can afford, <laughs> something like that. But uh, we've always we've always thought like even even when I was there and they they um, converted this uh, street, ba, into this parang um, area where we always hold. Outdoor concerts, parang street party type. God, I forgot the street. <laughs> that row, Manhattan row, that area.
0: Manhattan. Row. Yes, yeah. yes. So, <laughs> so now we,
1: we, you, you know, now the parang even they now realized. At that time, they they started realizing. oh, ah, okay, pala if we put some sort of maybe like a man festival but like a, a band. and like and then remember we we took Shanti Dope there and. <laughs> It mm. did really well, right? and and like I don't, I didn't even know who he was. And you were just saying, you know, you should get this dude because he's really good and he's easy to talk to at that time. And like, okay. And then I broached the subject to, I know, you know what you want a music act? Do you want Shanti Dope? And everyone's like, yeah, I know who he is. Like really? <laughs> so now that we got him, and then it was, it became a really good hit. So you, you know things like that. And in our heads, ako, oh, if there's an instance that I can. You know, maybe suggest that we do a music act or a a concert. Then why not? But of course, a concert at the Coliseum is different. It's always like this paid thing. There's a promoter, and I hit a because that's expensive. I mean, you, you you need to rent the venue and all that. But you know what, what we were talking about, like pocket shows. Like even I belong to the group played for Valentine's show. Was that in in the mall, We spearheaded that thing. And you know it, it and we, we had so many plans, and then I left, <laughs> but we, <laughs> we wanted to do busker things, and then we wanted to record videos. Remember we, we had all these plans, and it's all I always, I think, because of where I came from and what I did, it, I always always go back to music, and even now, like'm I'm, I'm working in a hotel. But I I have this mu- I didn't mention music column per se, but it's in the music section of of Business Mirror and as a supplement, Soundstep. <laughs> I write things that you know, but it's always about music, like things that like during quarantine we we wrote I wrote about all these acts that you know had this live streaming thing, and then uh, the things that I wanted to see if they would do live stream something, maybe whoever like uh, a couple of artists that would. Play together and see how they play off each other or how they, you know, talk to each other. It's always interesting to me Now you get to see these people behind the scenes. Because mm. I, to be honest, Joey, when I was growing up, like I was in high school, we used to listen to XB, WXB, and then we found yeah. out where it was. It's in Donada, in Pasay, it's near La So we, like mm. in my high school friends, would actually go to XB and we try to befriend the people there because the staff there are like volunteers. They don't get paid, but they, you know, they kinda whatever, like help the DJ or whatever. So we we hung out in XB, we met morning man, Nicole Carla, George Frederick, things like that. So nasa anunatalaga, it's like I guess it's in my DNA, even as as far back as that. And then so when I tried to look for colleges to apply to, I figured, I wanna go to La Salle, because I thought XB was going to be there forever. Of course it wasn't, you know, it it was closed down and it was sold off. And now it's, I don't know what it is. It's like one of these cutie-cutie, uh, I don't know, Tagalog stations. But, <laughs> but even in, high, uh, in college, I would listen to RT. And my favorite DJ was North Andrew, who I actually met. And now we sort of are friends. And can you imagine how it blows my mind that I can actually meet people like that, that I used to listen to the whole time? And even kayo, like, your your bands, even uh, I, I, you, my boyfriend's in a band, <laughs> Ethnic Faces, mm. now he's with Betrayed, diba parang? And then you get to, like, you're in that sort of community, which is kind of mm. mind-blowing. But of course, um, it doesn't really pay much to, because uh, I'm not a musician, so I don't make money out of it. So I get a regular job, and then I do this on the side or at night, diba parang? both words
0: i guess um now that you're you're working for a popular hotel now uh hotel chain i guess that's the <laughs> the, the proper way to say it um it is going to be a little it's a little more different than your previous work uh do you also plan i i know it's a it's a bit of a useless question right now during the acq but do you also plan to incorporate Uh, Again, because um, music has such has seen such a big explosion in the past decade. Uh, Before there were actual people now who really didn't like music or it was just not part of their lifestyle, but now it's part of everyone's lifestyle. Do you have plans to incorporate music in some, possibly some of your projects or initiatives? Working like for a hotel chain right now.
1: Honestly, yes. Until this thing happened, until COVID. Nineteen happened, no I mean, who knew, but um, I think when I came in, even before i I took that job, remember we were still talking, and we were planning on doing we we were always like brainstorming about what to do, and it's always it always involves artists that we knew you know, and then that how how we can do something, maybe not so much help them out, but you know honestly, I think it's partly because you and I we kind of just want to be there and and I mean there's this feeling that it's always fun that you you get to do this for the I guess for musicians and and people you know and mm-hmm. you yeah, we were we were trying to I uh, know um even before all this um pan, this pand- this pandemic when we do when we did our meetings because we had this we have this venue like a giant tent ba, beside the the hotel called the Tent city. And it's multipurpose, so it it can hold whatever, conferences, seminars, even weddings, but it can also be a venue for music. So even then, even my boss, when we would meet, they were actually looking to get Ben and Ben, things like that, just to, you know, to serve a different type of crowd. I guess Mm -hmm. because like the hotels, somehow the, the market is a little older, but you kind of, your first experience, like uh, first like parang worldly experience is, let's say you are a debutante, you do it in a hotel, diba So you remember that. And then when you grow older, you kind of bring your family there because, uy, dito nag-debut and it so social yeah. and all that. So there's still, the, kumbaga, the, the market naman, it would have this residual effect on the people that go there and their families. So kami, we were always thinking of uh, which act, we can invest in, or maybe we can work with. And to be honest, indeed I wish you know this thing didn't happen because we would have done. I think we could have, we should have been doing na a lot of these things that um, we wanted to do, and we wanted uh, we invite all these artists that we wanted to. know we we started with shepherd for the crowd, the crowd na mejo older and you know the the people that listen listen to arias. You even the I would play there. But we also were trying to make it, I guess, younger. Because, of course, young, the generation na nang, I guess, the Gen Xers, the Gen Ys, eh, may pera na you can, I guess, they have disposable income. And then, of course, millennials are coming in and making their own. Ano so we really wanted to keep it younger, uh, try to make it younger, rin, the audience that we attract. And yeah, it, it, it will always, I guess, to me, if I had a project, Eventually, I will. It will come back. Now I would try to incorporate music into it, like uh, musicians into it, artists into it. It doesn't even have to be like rock musicians that we listen to, but anybody who's like super talented and that deserve a, a platform. We ganyan So always, I mean, always. And even if you work in a place like that, that's your day job. But. You know, you you always have, like, one foot in the underground scene, you know, like, <laughs> all these, like, little clubs that you go to. I mean, when I was, when at the start of the pandemic, the COVID thing, there was this meme that came out that if you've been to a punk band show and you've been to a bathroom in a punk show, you're immune to the virus because that's how grimy and dirty it is. <laughs> so, I'm like, I feel that because, like, I've been to these places and i I've, I've been to these places because of who i'm with i'm with deba, and and you guys and i hang out sometimes with you and these are the kinds of places but you know i feel i feel uh, at home there as much as i feel at home in what i'm doing now so parang i don't want to be in a world where i cannot be in like with that they can have music and mm. to be honest when i the first diba um, i i just i just joined that company and <laughs> I didn't even have any leaves yet, but I had to take like a day off or whatever just to go see you two because I figured I'm never gonna see them again here in the country. I have to go out of the country, but just to watch them, so I, I had I took the chance. I spent so much money just the first time ever that I actually paid <laughs> for a ticket to a concert. Because, being in this job, remember you and I would get tickets to all these things, right? We get invites. We get we're used to laminates and that that say all access. But you know, for this for this one, like hell, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I don't mind paying. I mean, why not?
0: But the also the good thing is, uh, you're also still writing about music right now. About you have, yeah, is it? Do I remember correctly? You have a column for Business Mirror, a music column?
1: It? Yeah, it's um, well, technically, it's. <laughs> I don't want to call it a music column because I, I don't really like write. I know, I mean, I, I don't want to be pretentious about it, but I, I do have a column. It's things that go into my head, but it has to have something to do with music. The original column title was going to be All Access Annie because I used to, I collect all these passes that I have that says All Access and then I have my name in it, thematic, mm. because I work in, <laughs> because because partly because I was a journalist and then again, partly because I work with, at the Coliseum and I can go in and out backstage. You get to, you don't really get to run to, into these people backstage. I don't, don't mistake. I mean, we're trying to look for Mariah Carey and apparently if every time she would go out of her dressing room going to the stage, no one, as in literally, no one should be in that area. No soul. So she's got to be alone doing that, going to to the stage. So it's not like you run into them. But I did run into Brandon Boyd backstage. Their very last concert. It was the day after his birthday or maybe it was his birthday. So the concert was finished. I ran backstage. I don't know why. I just, I thought maybe I could see him. Not for anything, but I just wanted to see him because I, I, I listened, I, I was a fan. And then apparently the Coliseum gave him a birthday cake and they brought it to him in the dressing room. So I was like, ah, I'm never going to see this guy. So there were there were two like bodyguards outside. And then he comes out of the dressing room. He turns around looks at me and I didn't even realize it was him because I thought it looked different. So I was like staring at him and then he smiled. He's like, I think he was waiting for me to come and say, can I take a... Can I have a picture with you? But I didn't. I just looked at him. So he said hi. I bye. He said bye, and I go bye. <laughs> and then he left. I'm like shit. Why didn't I ask him for a picture? But I already met him before. That it's like. But again, that was supposed to be the thing of my the the column was supposed to be that all these really weird run ins that I would have. But then when I got the column, it was also around the time that I left that job. So I figured it doesn't work anymore because I'm probably not going to be running into any artists anytime soon. So I I changed the title. But it's still sort of, you know, musings, but it's still like things that I think about, like it has to do with music. And it's been, I've been, I, I haven't, sometimes I don't even submit. So I'm. My editor is going to kick my ass. But, you know, because of the COVID thing, I, I was able to write a few <laughs> columns that came out now. So, you know, I I guess it's always going to be I, I, music. It's always going to have something to do with music. And it will always feel nice. It will always feel good to me that you kind of help these musicians out. You kind of show a different side to them that people don't normally see. And then you get to hang out or you get to watch the show. And just enjoy it. And then I'm happy now doing that. I mean, I try to learn the bass, but of course, I'm not a musician. So it's like everything is just memorized. So if I forget it, forget it. I don't remember anymore. But for <laughs> uh, uh, every time you hold that thing and you try to play a song that you really like, Ibane, like, it's like, wow, man, like this is so, this is great. I mean, this is my, like, I don't care if I don't. I don't uh take a vacation my mind is already in this, and so I'm happy with doing that you know and then again, it's always about helping these um helping people that you kind of get to know and then you uh, realize that you like them like they're really nice people But like the other types they were like Jesus why did I ever meet this person <laughs> but <laughs> it's me maybe because I'm naman. Not, I'm not really. Like entrenching that sort of scene. And I know there's way more that I don't know about what happens behind the scenes than I would care to admit. And, and you know, I, I always ask you for cheese me some things, you would tell me. But <laughs> every now and then that you somehow, like someone, you know, like a band, like a musician would come and, and remember your name and, you know, sort of be friends with you backstage. It still feels good. I mean, it's still it's still nice getting that and um, you know, I guess it will always be music. I, I don't want to be in a. It's gonna be super boring. Like if I work in a job and I can't listen to music, I'm not gonna work in a bank.
0: Well, um, if people want to read your articles, all they have they can. It's probably online, right, on the, the Business Mirror uh, website. Uh, is that correct? Uh, it, it should be there.
1: I think so, but honestly. Um, maybe wait a few months because I didn't want it to be to have a nice column. Like, I didn't want to have like something insightful. But, you know, there's nothing happening recently that kind of, I know. especially now with COVID, nothing's happening, literally. Yeah. So, but yeah, they they put it online. The editor every now and then would send us links that we should be sharing and I haven't been sharing. i just shy but uh i think they do have uh an online version of it oh and the 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 section soundstrip now has a bm live i think that's what they call it so basically during this time of covid they they've asked some bands to record like versions of their songs from their own homes like diba because obviously mm-hmm. you, there's no way that they can come together and play diba so uh, the first one i saw was remember um Identity Crisis? Yeah. So yeah. so the so the first song that I saw them put up was uh, My Sanctuary. Do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah. They had that. So Cool Carla was there and the rest of the guys, one was playing the bass, one was doing the keyboards, I think. So they recorded that. So parang may session with these artists. I'm not sure who the next ones are. And I have nothing to do with that project, but I'm really glad that they did that. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of those things I'm supposed to write about it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of those things. But uh, I mean, there's no other way for for bands to come together and play it. And you see, naman in all these TV shows that they have these fundraising things, and you have celebrity singing, right? the portions of the song. I mean, I don't really like that, but I mean, if you're gonna sing, sing the entire thing. <laughs> but I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good idea.
0: All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on Behind the Stage, Annie uh, or Anne. Uh, but uh, we'd like to remind everybody, Behind the Stage is recorded, produced, and released under Big Baby Manila Studios. Again, thank you very much to Annie, uh, someone who I've known for decades now, <laughs> I just realized. Again, she Annie currently works uh, for a popular hotel chain. So if you want to see her work or the products of her work, I guess just go to that <laughs> hotel chain in the meantime. But you can read a lot of her articles, past articles and stuff. Business Mirror Soundstrip. On Business Mirror Soundstrip. There you go. And uh, again, this has been Joey D for Behind the Stage. And uh, see you next episode. Thanks. Goodbye. This episode of Behind the Stage was produced, recorded and distributed under quarantine by Big Baby Studios. Stay safe and we'll catch you next time.